720 WGN, President Biden said we cannot move at a normal government pace when it comes to AI safeguards. What are those safeguards? How do they affect our everyday life? That's a long conversation, but he is expected to sign an executive order to address his concerns. Um, Samir Jain is with us, the vice president of policy for the Center of Democracy and Technology. I would imagine that you fully support any efforts to put some safeguards in when it comes to artificial intelligence, right, Samir? Absolutely. I think um, we know that AI, for all of the um, promise it holds, also risks creating harms to individuals, both long-term and currently even. And so we think it's very important for the government to take steps to address those harms. I think one of the things we've already dealt with and most of us are familiar with is that you are forced to you know, try and apply for a job online, and you know that are there are certain things in your resume, it's never going to get to a human. AI is going to bounce that resume, and you'll never have a job, a chance at a job that you might be fully qualified for. Absolutely. AI is increasingly being used in hiring in ways that sometimes can lead to discrimination against people or that just treat people unfairly. And oftentimes, People don't even realize that AI was being used and don't have any transparency that would enable them to, for example, challenge the use of AI in ways that are discriminatory. And AI might be helping to discover cancer, but when it comes to your medical claims, we talked to somebody whose company is clearing 50 medical claims every second due to artificial intelligence. Again, you're being denied a surgery based on... um, artificial intelligence, and you just can't have a conversation with a doctor or a human to say, hey, I really do need this surgery. So what are some other issues that hopefully this executive order will address and safeguard us from? Sure. A couple of other issues, just as examples. One is the use of AI to monitor and track workers, keep track of what they're doing every second of the day, and penalizing them, for example, for taking a break or something like that. Another use of AI that can give rise to problems is uh, the use of AI to screen prospective tenants for public housing and in discriminatory or other ways that denies people housing. Or the use of uh, artificial intelligence to administer government benefits programs, whether it's food stamps or other kinds of programs that people need, you know, just to have their basic needs met but could be denied by an AI system. And did this urgency come about from the meeting when they brought in Elon Musk and people from Meta and every other big tech company and social media platforms to maybe guide the government in what what protections need to be put into place? I think that was part of it, but really there are a lot of different stakeholders that have made clear to the government that uh, it needs to step in here, whether that's civil rights groups and other civil society groups, industry, as you note, academics. I think there's a real consensus about the need for responsible innovation around AI, so that we want AI to develop, but it should be done in a responsible, rights-respecting way. I feel like maybe we should have started this five, six, seven, ten years ago. Uh, Europe is already close to finishing their legislation, correct? That's true. The Europeans are likely to pass an AI Act by the end of this year. Um, We probably won't see that kind of legislation here in the United States, but 
that's part of the role of this executive order is to at least move us forward in the direction of developing safety and security standards, testing and best practices. And what will this order do and when do you expect it to go into effect? It will uh, really call on agencies across the, the government to promote the responsible development and use of AI to address some of the civil potential civil rights harms in, uh, around some of those areas I mentioned earlier, like in workers or tenants. Um, it will also create, um, it will require the government itself when it uses and buys AI to follow basic principles of non-discrimination, safety, uh, respecting people's rights, which will both serve as a model to the private sector as to how to do this properly if done right. And also because the government's such a big customer and buys so much technology, it, purchasing power will hopefully drive private industry toward doing the right things here. And is it too late for the government to be involved in any kind of development of tech that would create major safeguards against AI? I mean, this seems to be legislation and and it doesn't seem to be action by developing tech that would undercover these issues? Or do we use AI to undercover AI infractions? We, uh, we may end up using <laughs> AI to monitor AI, certainly in, in an area like cybersecurity, where you might have AI being used to attack a computer, but AI also being used to defend the computer. I don't think it's too late. I think that there's certainly current harms that we need to alleviate, but we know that on the horizon are potentially more powerful models and more powerful systems, and we need to make sure safeguards in, are in place so that those don't cause even greater harm going forward. And what is the focus of the policy for the Center of Democracy and Technology when it comes to artificial intelligence? I know you are a nonprofit. I know that you are active in this. What is the next tack- the next item you're going to tackle when it comes to this? Well, overall, what we what we want is for innovation around AI to continue, but to do so in a way that really protects our democratic values so that, you know, we end up with a, with technology that protects people's rights, that doesn't discriminate, that, um, you know, puts people first. And so, you know, we'll be looking for, among other things, how does this e- executive order get implemented in concrete ways so that there are concrete protections and concrete Uh, measures in place to protect people's rights. And then, you know, pressing Congress to play its role by passing, doing things like passing privacy legislation and putting in place accountability around AI. So when, if and when AI does violate someone's rights, that the people responsible for that, in fact, are um, held accountable. But it obviously is a global issue and we can only manage what is happening here. But Many people are global citizens, so it means that they might be protected by European nations or they might be protected in the U.S., but it doesn't mean you're protected if you're doing business with other other countries that have no protections whatsoever. Absolutely. It's an absolutely a global issue, and so that's why it's really important, and the executive order mentions this, that um, the United States be active in what are a number of different international discussions going on and to really promote this idea that, look, we want innovation, but it needs to happen in a way that's consistent with democratic values that respect people's rights and that that needs to be true throughout the world and not just in the United States. What's your biggest concern about AI? I think in the short term, it really is 
concerns around discrimination, around, around the way in which AI can propagate or exacerbate discrimination. Also, we know that um, there, there are concerns, you know, we have concerns about the role of AI in our information environment. In other words, the creation of what are called deep fakes, the videos that purport to show someone saying or doing something that turns out not to be the case or generating content of fake um, you know, sexual images of people. So the, the role of AI in our information environment and how we address that, I think, is a significant concern as well. And because of AI right now, we really cannot believe what we see. It used to be we'd have to question what we hear, but now for most people, it's almost impossible to determine if what you're seeing is an AI-created image or altered image as opposed to something that is real, that was actually photographed. And that's going to play a big part in the 2024 election, isn't it? Absolutely. There's a real uh, concern around what this means for how people, how ordinary people determine what content is trustworthy, what is not. Now, there, there are certainly, including in the executive order, some uh, steps being taken to, for example, mark or what is called watermark AI-generated content so that people can know, oh, this was AI-generated versus not. But those are at the very early stages, and um, I, you know, I, I don't think we'll be fully in place by the time of the election. So that is a challenge we're going to face uh, in terms of how do we make sure that people can know that, this, yes, this information is trustworthy versus this may be fake. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope we can have a conversation again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Samir Jain, Vice President of Policy for the Center for Democracy and Technology. It's a nonprofit organization. Steve's News comes up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.